Hello, welcome back to another episode of The Wire Podcast. I'm excited to be here. I'm your host, Ryan McCrary. And today, this isn't going to be a super long episode. I don't have a lot to talk about. Um, but I'm going to talk about the Thursday night football game between the Bengals and the Browns. I'm going to talk about uh, Lakers Nuggets game one, which happened last night. Then I'm going to give you all some of my picks of the week for this weekend for the NFL. Um, that's pretty much all I have for today. I'm sorry about this glare. I know you can see it in my glasses. Um, I'm getting this light uh, to help with the lighting. And it's a little bit, It's a little. It's, <laughs> it shows up in my glasses. I'll try to fix that next time. Um, but we're going to have to deal with it for today. So you can see it if you're watching on, on YouTube. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into the Browns-Mingles game. Um, it was a really, really good game. And although the, like, we didn't, it, it was, it was, it was really good. I'm just, I want to talk about a few things with the quarterbacks mainly. I, w- I wanted to talk a lot about Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow because I, I saw a lot from them that, I like, and I want to talk about it. So I want to start with Baker Mayfield, and over the like with last season, you know, in 2018 he had a really good rookie year. He was really really good. Then uh, last year, his sophomore year, he took a step back and was not very good. And everyone's been saying that Baker's overrated. He's not that good. He's a bust. I disagree. I think Baker's a really good quarterback. He is super talented, and he showed it last night. Now, the Browns, um, their offense is really balanced. They have a great run game. They have two extremely talented running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Like, Kareem Hunt is the backup. He could be the starting running back for a lot of teams in the NFL. He is so good. But Nick Chubb, he is a top-five running back in the league. And they have a, a good run game. Their offensive line is much better this year. Um, they got a new head coach. Their offense is is different. It's a, it's a lot different than it was last year. It's a totally different scheme. And I think it suits Baker better. And they have a lot of talent around Baker. And so now we're seeing what Baker can really do. Now, is Baker an elite quarterback? No. And, and I don't think he's going to get there. Um, to be completely honest, but he's still a really good quarterback, and he, he could be he could be like a top 15 quarterback in the league. They may not seem impressive, but I saw a lot from him on Thursday night that I liked. He had a lot of good throws. Um, he made a lot of plays with his legs. I like I liked what I I liked. Um, and there were a few plays from him where he was scrambling outside of the pocket, making throws on the run, making plays out of nothing, and I like that. That's what really, really good, that's like what the elite quarterbacks in this league do. They make plays out of nothing, and I saw saw him do some of that. And even on that play, on that touchdown that he threw to Odell Beckham Jr., which to be honest wasn't a touchdown, uh, they got that call wrong, but uh, it was a great throw. He rolled out to his left, threw the ball, he just stopped on a dime, ripped it downfield. That was a beautiful throw. So I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Baker so far. Week one was a bit of a struggle. And I get that it was against the Bengals. The Bengals the, the Bengals are a great team, but they got a solid defense. And I mean I just liked what I saw. The throws were there. He made a lot of good plays. He had one bad interception. Um that wasn't a good read. Um, but overall I thought he had a very, very nice day. And I liked what I saw from Baker. I, I mean, I was I was pleased with what I saw from him. Uh, now, on the other side, Joe Burrow. 
Man, this guy's good. And I love I love Joe Burrow coming out of coming into the draft this year. But man, he's he's playing so well for a rookie. And we're not even seeing like half the stuff he can do because the Bengals are so bad offense or so, like their offensive line is so bad. And he's getting pressured all the time. But like the decision making is so good and he he is so good under pressure. He's making good decisions. He understands that because his offensive line is so bad, he's not going to be able to roll out and make plays on the run. He's not going to be able to have big plays deep down the field that often. So he's dinking and dunking. He's taking what the defense is giving him. And that it's impressive to see him make those kinds of decisions this early into, into his career. And on Thursday night, he was incredible. He threw the ball 61 times, had over 300 yards passing, and had three passing touchdowns. He was awesome, and he kept the Bengals in the game. And it was just brutal to watch because he was getting killed back in the in the pocket because the Bengals just, their offensive line is terrible. And the Bengals' front, uh, front office, they didn't really do anything to improve uh, the offensive line in the offseason. And so what we saw last year from them is carrying over into this season. And so I just, I need, I really want the, the front office to, uh, in the offseason, in the, in the offseason, um, this year, I want to see them address the offensive line and improve it and get some tackles and just, you know, because they, they have a franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. Like, he looks like he's going to be their future right now, and they need to protect him. But, yeah, like, those two quarterbacks, they played really well on Thursday night. I thought they were incredible. I want to talk about Nick Chubb because he was so, so freaking good on Thursday. And... Uh, I, I expected it because the Bengals had two defensive tackles out for that game. Um, Mike Daniels and Geno Atkins, both of those guys were out. They still had DJ Reader, but not having Daniels and Atkins really hurt them. Um, and it hurt their run support because Nick Chubb ran all over him. I have the stats here. Let me look look at his numbers. Yeah, he had 22 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Now, I had him in fantasy, and I was so happy because he was absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, he, he just cared. I mean, he was awesome. He was so dominant. Um, had a lot of big plays. And what I really liked from him is the balance I saw from him and the fight. Like, guys would... The Bengals had a really tough time getting him to the ground and tackling him. And he would just keep fighting. And it would take multiple defenders to get him to the ground. I love that from him. Um, and he's just so good. He's explosive. He's powerful. he got good balance. I mean, he, he was awesome. And the Kareem Hunt was good, too. Now, Kareem Hunt got a lot of his production later in the game after Nick Chubb kind of wore the defense down. But Kareem Hunt, he was really good in the fourth quarter late in the game. He got a lot of a lot of uh, garbage time runs, but he looked good as well. Um, and I really like how balanced the Browns' offense is. Last year, they ran a vertical offense. Um, and with, as, with their offensive line, that wasn't a good scheme. Um, and the play calling wasn't great. I don't think their offense um, catered to Baker's strengths. And now it does. Because now they're running a lot of single back and shotgun. Um, and they're not for... They're not, and the offensive line is a lot better than it was last year. And they're putting Baker in a lot better... You know, in a much better situation. He's able to make quick reads. And, you know, scramble out of the pocket and make plays on the run if necessary. But he's not being forced to, 
you know, he, they're not running an offense where plays are that plays are taking a long time to uh, process, and then Baker is just getting killed in the pocket. That's not happening anymore. They're running the ball. They're throwing the ball. They got a nice balance with the play calling, and they're running a much better scheme uh, for Baker to utilize his strengths. And so I like what I've seen from the Browns, or I like what I saw from them in week two. Week one was a, a, a real tough game for them, especially for Baker Mayfield. He did not play well, but that is the Ravens. Um, and, I, and I did not expect the Browns to be on the Ravens level this season, so that's understandable. But I liked what I saw from them in the Bengals game. They won 35-30. I feel bad for all the people that bet on the Browns in the spread because they had a bad beat at the end of the game. The Bengals scored a touchdown uh, late in the fourth quarter to cover. Uh, so for all you betting people, I am sorry for you. But yeah, it was, a, it was a, good, a good game, Thursday Night Football. Joe Burrow kept the Bengals competitive. And I loved what I saw from both quarterbacks. Before I move on, I do want to say prayers up to CJ Uzuma, the tight end for the Bengals. He's been one of Joe Burrow's favorite targets, and he got hurt towards Achilles. He's out for the year. So I uh, I pray for a speedy recovery for him. That's going to be a difficult injury to come back from. But I just I hope that he has a speedy recovery. Now, let's talk about Nuggets-Lakers Game 1, uh, which was played last night. And wow, I thought the Nuggets were going to give the Lakers a hard time in this series. And if Game 1 is what's going to happen for the rest of the series, the Nuggets are in for a very quick series because they were not very good last night. And the Lakers have one of their better games. uh, One of of the best games they've had in the postseason so far. They were awesome. They came out on fire offensively. They got Obviously, Anthony Davis played well instead of LeBron. But they got a lot of production uh, from their uh, from their secondary guys. Guys coming off the bench. Dwight Howard played well. Rondo played well. Contavious Caldwell Pope had a nice game. So it wasn't just their top two guys. Everyone played well, and they got a lot of contributions from from some guys that aren't their best two players. And that was nice to see. And they were playing at like 300 miles per hour the entire game. Whenever the Nuggets would take a shot, they were going pushing the ball. Um, pushing the tempo in transition, getting a lot of getting a lot of transition buckets, and the Nuggets weren't ready for that at all. They really struggled defensively, and the Lakers made them pay. Like the Lakers scored 124 points in this game, actually, you know, 126 because it was 126 to 114. They scored a lot of points, and through three, through three quarters, they had they had over 100 points, and that can that just cannot happen if you're the Nuggets. They just weren't able to keep up in, in, in game one. Uh, Jokic was good. Murray was good. And the Lakers did a good job making it difficult for Murray to find his spots. Whenever he touched the ball, they would trap him um, and get the ball out of his hands because he can cause a lot of damage off the dribble. And so they did a good job try, like containing him and not letting him go off in that game, which I liked. I liked what the Lakers did defensively. And then uh, offensively, Anthony Davis was dominant. He had 37 points. He was unreal. The Nuggets had a lot. Had some. Had had a difficult time containing him, and that was expected because Jokic is not a great defender, and Anthony Davis is one of the most dominant big men in the league. And not. And first off, before I continue, we don't talk about Anthony Davis enough and what he's done this season. He's been unbelievably good this year. 
and I had him as my number three guy on my MVP ballot on my MVP ballot that I released on my website. And I just don't think people are talking about him enough. I know that he's the number two guy in LA. I, I get that. He's the number two guy for the Lakers. He's the second option. And I totally get that. But he is so freaking good on both ends of the court. He's such a good two-way player. Um, he has an impact. He has an elite impact on both ends of the floor. And he's he's just so good. He's been he's been incredibly, incredibly good this year. And I don't think he gets the respect he deserves for what he's been doing for the Lakers this season. Um, and it's really unfair. The, the LeBron gets a lot of attention. And I think I think Anthony Davis just kind of gets pushed to the side a little bit. And I think it's really unfair. That should have happened. He's been a beast this season. And he just doesn't get talked about enough. So I'm going to talk about him on the podcast because I think Davis is a stud. Um, and he's been playing really well this season. But yeah, he came out in game one, had 37 points. He was incredible. He was dominant. And he killed the Nuggets. Um, and I think the most impressive part of the Lakers' performance was the production and the contributions they got from their guys coming off the bench and like their, their, their secondary guys. Like Contavious Caldwell Pope, he had 18 points. He had some big shots. He was really good as a cutter. Um, and yeah, he had a really good game, had 18 points. Dwight Howard was great. He had 13 points off the bench. Rondo came off the bench, had uh, nine assists, seven points. He was really good. And if the Lakers can get that kind of contributions from the guys coming off the bench, um, they're going to win the title. Um, and it, it's as simple as that. If their top two guys play well, and if they get some solid contribution from their bench guys, they are going to win the title because they have such good star power. And their depth has been a question, but is if their bench guys are hitting shots and, you know, contributing offensively, and, and if they're playing good defense like they were last night, they are going to win the championship. There's, I have no doubt about it. I think the Heat, if they win their series, can give them some trouble. Um, but if the Lakers continue to play like this and can be, and can play like this consistently, they're going to be holding up that Larry O'Brien trophy. I have no doubt about it. Uh, hopefully the Nuggets can, you know, come out in game two, give a better performance. I think they can. I think they can give the Lakers some trouble uh, with their with Jamal Murray's offensive shooting and with everything Jokic can do as a playmaker, as a scorer down low and from the three-point line. They, and, and they got some depth, too. They got a lot of pieces. I think they can give the Lakers some trouble. Uh, but game one was a little bit concerning. The Lakers defended Jamal Murray really well. They were able to make the Nuggets defense uncomfortable with the way they were able to control the pace and and put and just push the tempo. Um, and they were able to play at 300 miles per hour last night. And it really made the Nuggets uncomfortable defensively. They struggled on that end. And I loved what I saw from Anthony Davis and the Lakers secondary players like like Pope and Dwight Howard, Rondo, uh, like all those guys played really well. And I loved what I saw from them. So yeah, those are my thoughts about Game 1. Hopefully this series doesn't end in Game 5 because I think this is a, uh, a, a, a fun matchup. Both teams are really good offensively. Um, and so I'd like to see this, this series go on for more than like five games, but I didn't see anything from game one that made me think the Nuggets have a realistic chance to beat the Lakers. Um, and that's sad because I love the Nuggets. I think they're a really good team, and I like their story. It's, they're a great story, um, but their, their run probably ends, ends here in the conference finals. 
Alright, uh, this is a really short episode. Um, it's probably not even going to be 20, it might even just be 20 minutes. I don't have a whole lot to talk about, but I do want to give my picks of the week. I have five games I'm going to talk about a little bit for the NFL slate on Sunday or tomorrow. Uh, starting off with the Vikings-Colts, Colts are uh, are, net, are minus three for this game. My pick is Vikings plus three for this game. All these picks are going to be based on the spread. So I would pick uh, Vikings plus three in this game. I was really concerned about the Colts, uh, or I was really concerned with the result of the Colts-Jaguars game in week one. Rivers had two interceptions. His turnovers are an issue. They were an issue last year. It looks like they're going to continue to be an issue for him, even in Indianapolis. So that was concerning. Uh, they can run the ball really well, but the Vikings have a good defense. Uh, the, my one concern uh, for the Vikings, or the one thing I think could, could keep them from covering the spread, is if the Colts just explode uh, in the passing game and take advantage of the of the Vikings youth at corner because the Vikings don't have a very good cornerback room and that's mainly because their oldest their oldest corner is 24 and I believe it's it's Mike it, the, the corner's last name is Hill I want to say Matt Mike Hill but I don't think that's correct and last season or last in, in week one last last week um uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Cameron Dantzler and Mike Hughes and Jeff Gladney. Those guys got destroyed by the by the Packers receivers, and the Packers took advantage of their youth um, in the secondary, and they had an offensive explosion. Can the Colts do that? Yes, but they don't have the personnel to do that like the Packers did. Um, so I think I don't think they're going to be able to put up that many points, um, and. With the Vikings, they still have Dalvin Cook. They have Kirk Cousins. They have Adam Thielen. They have Justin Jefferson, who was super talented. Um, they didn't use him a lot last week. I think they might have to lean on him a little bit more this week. Uh, but I think the Vikings are going to be good offensively. They they are good defensively everywhere but their secondary. They got a great front seven. Um, if they're able to put some pressure on Phillip Rivers, force him to make some tough throws, force him into some turnovers, I think the Vikings should cover. Uh, but the, the Vikings have a better offense, in my opinion, than the Jaguars. And the Jaguar, and, and they have a better defense. They're just better overall, all around, than the Jaguars. And the Jaguars won by three points against, or is three or four points against the Colts. I think the Vikings should be able to cover, even though it's on the road. All right, moving on. Baltimore Ravens at Houston Texans. This is my second game. Uh, the Ravens are favored by seven and a half points. Also, I forgot to mention these odds are based are uh, from mybookie.com, um, and the Ravens are favored by seven and a half points. I would pick them. Uh, my pick would be Ravens seven and a half. Uh, the the Texans are just a really really bad team. They're terrible defensively. Their offensive line is awful, and the Ravens are going to take advantage of that and. This is a. Uh, the, I don't like to bet on games with a with a spread that's as big as this, but the Ravens are going to destroy the Houston Texans. They got a high powered offense. They run the ball a lot. I don't think the Texans are going to be able to stop them. And then when you look at the te- at the Ravens defense, they have Kalias Campbell, Marlon Humphrey. Um, uh, who who's um? I'm forgetting his name. They have another outside linebacker. Who's really good? I'm forgetting his name. He's aging a little bit, uh, but they're good. And then they have Patrick Queen, who's a stud at linebacker. They have a lot of talent. 
they just they have so much talent. Um, and I think they're going to be able to, you know, put pressure on Deshaun Watson, get in the backfield, sack him a lot, and they're going to put up a lot of points offensively. The Texans are just really, really bad defensively. Lamar's going to go off for a lot of point for a lot of fantasy points, and I think the Ravens are going to be able to cover in this game. They're going to explode offensively, um, especially going up against this Texans defense. I have Ravens minus seven and a half. All right, Bills Dolphins. On my bookie, uh, the Bills are favored by six, and on a bunch of other sites, they're favored by five and a half. Uh, I'm still going to go with the Bills minus six. Uh, but I would be a lot more confident if it was Mills minus five and a half. Um, I'm lower on the Dolphins than, than most people are. And I, I mean, really mainly because uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's their starting quarterback. They made a lot of improvements to their defense. I just don't think they're ready yet to be, a, to be super competitive and to be like a playoff team. I don't think they're there yet. They are a solid team, um, but I don't think they're going to be a playoff team like a lot of people do. And this is a bad matchup. The Bills are so good defensively. They made a lot of improvements to their defensive line. They added Stephon Diggs. I like what they have offensively. Now the Dolphins can make this a close game, um, but I think what the Bills are going—I think the Bills are going to be able to—I think they're going to have a better a better offensive performance in Week Two. I think they're going to put up some points. I want to see the Diggs Josh Allen connection come into for weight in, into into. What was I trying to say? I want to see that Josh Allen, um, the Stephon Diggs connection come alive in this matchup, and I like I think I just like this matchup for the Mills. They're really good defensively, they, and they have Jadavius White, um, they have Jermaine Edmonds. Um, I, I mean, I just think they have a lot of pieces on defense, and they're going to be able to, to force um, Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw some picks, and to turn the ball over a little bit. I think they're going to cover. I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins made this a close game, uh, but I think with, with what Josh Allen can do as a rusher and with the Bills defense, they're going to be able to cover in this game. My second or my fourth pick, uh, I have the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Diego Chargers. The Chiefs are favored by 8.5 points on mybooking.com, and that's a huge spread. Usually, I would stay away from that. But I don't think the Chargers are a very good team at all. And I think the Chiefs are the best team in the league. They have Patrick Mahomes. Their offense is so explosive. And even though the Chargers have a really good defense, their offense was pathetic last week against the Bengals. They were only able to put up 16 points. That's really concerning. I think the Chiefs' defense is better than than a lot of people think. It's, it's even better than what I thought it was. Um, I like what I saw from them in Week One against the Texans. I think they're gonna. I think the, the Chiefs' offense is gonna have a field day against the Chargers, even with that, even with how good the Chargers' uh, defense is. That secondary is really good. Their front seven is nice. They got a really good defense. But I'm picking. I'm betting on the homes, and I'm betting on the Chiefs' defense making it tough for Tyrod Taylor to have any kind of success. It's a big spread. I admit that, and usually I would stay away, but I am really comfortable with betting on my homes and betting on this spread. I think the Chiefs are going to have a big day versus the San Diego Chargers. Um, my last pick, I have Rams-Eagles. This is a game, there aren't a lot of games I would bet on this week, um, but I wanted to have a fifth game, and I think this game's really interesting. Um, I don't want to overreact to the Eagles' performance in Week 1. 
However, I was really concerned by their offensive line play. Their offensive their offensive line was absolutely terrible. It really was. It was really really bad. Um, and they gave up eight sacks to the Redskins and the Rams. You know they have a pretty good. They have a guy you might know his name. Um, who's he's okay. Uh, Aaron Donald. Yeah, that guy. He's gonna have a field day against this Eagles offense. And I know they bring back Miles Sanders. They bring back a couple guys um, who were out with an injury last uh, last week. However, I just I think the Rams are gonna get it done. I think they're gonna be able to put pressure on on Carson Wentz. They're going to get into the backfield. Um, and I think the Rams might just be better than, than I thought they were. I didn't think they were going to be as good as they as they were last week. I was really impressed by their offense. Jared Goff played really well last week. Um, and the Eagles, they have a solid defense, but it's not great. And I think I think the Rams' offense can take advantage uh, of them. And, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an away game for the Rams, but home field advantage is not as big of a factor this year. Um, I just have a feeling the Rams are going to come through in week two. Uh, their defense is going to play really well. Um, and they, like, they held the Cowboys to 17 points. And the Cowboys have so much talent on offense. I see the Rams getting it done. The Eagles are favored by one and a half points in this game. I have the Rams plus one and a half. Um, and if you put all these picks into a parlay, the odds would be plus two, two thousand seven or 2,746. Uh, which means that if you bet $100 on this parlay, you would win $2,746. But yeah, so I'm excited for football tomorrow. I'm excited for to watch some college football today. Um, and, you know, we have Heat Celtics game, t- uh, game 3 tonight. That'll be a really fun game to watch. Can't wait for that. That's all I have from today's episode of the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it, and I will see you all next time. Peace. Oh, 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 oh,